Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Evan and Aaron's Sports Talk Podcast. Are you ready for it? Now, here is Evan and Aaron. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. So glad to have you with us this evening. We're going to have a great show for you tonight. We're going to have a lot of fun. And tonight, if you wish to call in, please feel free to take down our call-in number. It's 516-418-5572. Again, it's 516-418-5572. And definitely call in. We'll take your phone call. We're going to discuss some great news and sports And I did want to apologize about our technical difficulties here. We did have some technical difficulties, so our start time was delayed here. But we are not going to give up. We're going to have a great show for you tonight. And definitely want to thank our sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. So definitely want to thank our great sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, for being an outstanding sponsor, please feel free to pick up a four-pack at flbbqsauce.com, flbbqsauce.com. Go ahead and support Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Get yourself four-pack there. You won't regret it. And I'll tell you right now that we're going to do a lot of great things on this show tonight. We're going to go ahead and talk about, first and foremost, Thursday night's Thursday night game. Yes, round of applause because you know what? It's the first game. If you watched it, it's going to be the first game of many that's going to be on Amazon Prime in order for you to watch Thursday night football. So the question is, is it fair that in order for you to watch the game now, you have to have Amazon Prime? I'll answer that question a few moments, but let me just let you know, you saw Jeff Bezos hanging out with (laughs) the commissioner, Roger Goodell, during a game. If you did have Amazon Prime, you would know this. But Jeff Bezos and Amazon, they are going to have the rights, exclusive rights. You will not be able to watch the Thursday night game any other place for the next 11 years because Amazon is reportedly paying $1 billion a year for the rights to stream Thursday night football through 2033. The source of this is CBS Sports, and that's the way it is. You know, the cool thing about Amazon Sports is that the Amazon Prime game is that you could choose to have different announcers announce the game to you, which is really cool. You can have it where you have no announcers. It has the option for Spanish. So you definitely will have a lot of during game features. I was able to use a pause button and replay it because I had gotten interrupted during the game. So these are all really cool features. The cool thing is if you do have Amazon Prime already, which I did already have for quite a few years, you don't have to pay extra for it. So basically, if you already have Prime, 
It's including your Prime membership, which is really awesome. So is it fair if you that you had to pay for it versus having CBS? Well, you had you were indirectly paying for it anyway because you were paying cable service or another streaming service. Is it fair? It's six of one, half a dozen another. That's the capitalistic side we pay we live in. My man wrote a check for a billion dollars per year, Jeff Bezos, and the rest of history. It is now exclusively on Amazon Prime. The cool thing is if you do have Prime, which a lot of us out there already do, it's a great investment. You get shipping all the time right away. It pays for itself, plus the kids get to have a lot of great benefits with watching it online. I don't, I'm not fond about Amazon, but I would say that if you have Amazon Prime, which a lot of us already do, it's cool that you get to see it now, Thursday Night Football, in high def. Having said that, I did take the liberty of downloading the NFL Plus app. That's a new streaming service they have. It has an introductory service for a week, and basically you can either pay $5 a month for the regular or $10 a month for the premium, or you can pay $30 for the whole year for the regular, which is really cool. And you'll get to see the NFL games, all of them, right there on the app. So I will let you know if that is – I signed up for it. I'll let you know if it's worth it. This weekend I'll get a chance to try it out for the first time for Sunday's games. So that will be really cool that you can always watch football no matter where you're at on your phone. So I'm excited about using that. I will let you know how that works out. But, you know, we kind of see this happening already. This is what society is about now. It went from cable to everything is now streaming. So I will keep you posted. And Micah Parsons was in the news, you know, especially on Twitter, because he called out Leonard Fournette for doing an illegal block that he felt against the Bucks and Cowboys. And the question is, do you believe this play was dirty? I would say... Quite the contrary, Micah Parsons was sounding like a small brat and a crybaby. I'll have to agree with Leonard Fournette on this. This was not an illegal block. This was a wake up, you're an NFL, and we are shutting you down block. Micah Parsons, for those who don't know it, who missed the game, or you might know, he was having a great game. He got to Tom Brady a couple times. And not only did he get to Tom Brady a couple times, he got to Tom Brady on the blind side. So basically, you know, Tom's a righty. His back was to Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons was able to beat the edge blocker and get around him and get to the quarterback. The Bucks see that this was happening quite often. What they did was they put Leonard Fournette back there when he beat the outside tackle. Leonard Fournette give him a block. A hard block. More than anything, the thing that shocked Michael Parsons was that this was unexpected. He was having free reign to Tom Brady, and all of a sudden, he missed this 250 guy, 50 pound guy that was standing right there, and blocked him. This is a way of giving you credit and respect. You're a great defender. They went ahead and put another guy back there to block you. They had to. You were getting, you were getting open, and. And just like in boxing, they say the punch that hurts the most is the one that you don't see. Michael Parsons did not pay attention that this was set up for him to get blocked by Leonard Fournette, and it shocked him 
and that's why he got bumped so hard. You know, he, he got hit hard, but had he seen this bump coming or realized they were going to block him, Michael Parsons wouldn't have reacted that way, you know, like, I see you. This was not an illegal block. This is a wake-up to the NFL. This is what happens when you become a dominant player. We see this with wide receivers. They'll double-team you. We see this in other sports. They will double-team you. Aaron Donald gets double-teamed. This is what happened. You commanded a double-team. They gave it to you. Not illegal. It would have been, I would have said, he would have had a case if they would have hit you below the knees. He hit you up high. If anything, he hit you real up high. It wasn't helmet to helmet, but he hit you with his shoulder, shoulder to shoulder. You got to wake up, pay attention. And Michael Parsons also made news because he's being called out for being unprofessional. For those who don't know, Michael Parsons had an opportunity to be on a very big show. I won't mention the name of the show. A large network. Michael Parsons agreed to it. The network basically set up all of the Zoom equipment in his house. They were excited and ready to go. He was supposed to show up every Tuesday. Lo and behold, Sunday they had a tough loss, the Cowboys. Then on Tuesday, come Tuesday, he was he was silent. They couldn't reach him. They tried to reach him several times. They couldn't get a hold of him. Then they tried to go through the people that knows him. They couldn't get a hold of him there either. And he got called unprofessional. I would totally agree with that. It's very unprofessional, classless. You know, you are a person that people have, you have some esteem. People are excited to see you. You being an athlete that said you were going to do it, all these people got excited and really thrilled that you're going to join them. You decided to go, for whatever reason, have a change of heart, and you didn't bother to tell them. Hey, if Jerry Jones told you, you if he found out about this show and said, hey, you can't do it, you have to refocus back on football, or if somebody from the front office said it, guess what? You got to tell the people, hey, something came up, this is what happened, and unfortunately, because of this, I will not be able to fulfill my commitment to coming on the show. You know, honesty is the best policy. It is very unprofessional when you don't tell people what's going on. And just by just turning off your phone or turning off your ringer or not ignoring text, that's a poor reflection on you because then people could have 100 guests in their head. Hey, did something happen to him? Did he lose interest? Was it something we did or something we didn't do? Could this be something that we could have fixed? The other person is thinking 101 different things. If you would have told them, hey, this is what happened, the boss said no, whatever it is, or if you had a change of heart. I'm sorry, guys. I apologize for leading you on. I understand that I did that. I'm really sorry. But uh, after second thought about this opportunity, I felt as if at this time I couldn't fulfill the obligation to do it for whatever reason, just be honest. Tell people. That's part of being a professional. So we will discuss that as I mentioned to you, being a professional. Now, um, there is a question here. Does quarterbacks getting dressed super fancy actually help them win games? You know, they say dress good, feel good, play good, right? I would have to respectfully disagree with this. 
you know, you look at the GOATs, Tom Brady. Tom Brady dresses nice, but he dresses conservative. He's not spending buku monies on his wardrobe. He's all about winning the game. When you come in there, super fancy, a.k.a. Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Cam Newton, these guys, they come in there all fancy. Usually when they go in dapper like that, they end up losing the game. And the reason why is because your focus is not completely on the game. It's, again, how fly you're looking. You're making it all about you. Football will always be a team game. You don't have to go there and show people you have a lot of money. You don't have to show and floss like that. People already know that. Focus on the game. Take a page out of Tom Brady's book. He comes in the game just conservatively, just nice. He's not over the top with it. He's about business. You have to be about business because at the end of the day, what you're rated on is wins and losses. And if you see when you dress super fly, it usually doesn't entail a win. It's more like look at me instead of look at we. Focus on the game. Now, continuing the topic of the Broncos. The Broncos opted for a 64-yard field goal versus letting Russ cook, letting Russ get open and do his thing. I would. Did they make the right call? Well, before I get into the play of the kick, let me explain to you the Broncos, first and foremost, played poor football as far as penalties penalized very heavily, and the play that they kept repeating was delay of game. They did get the play out. That shows a lack of professionalism. On top of that, prior to kicking the kick, I felt as if the clock management was horrendous. You let a lot of time get off the clock. You had three field goals. You had plenty of time to drive the ball down the field and make it a far more manageable cook, kick way before you made the decision to kick a 64-yard 64 64 field goal. Hey, you had the best-looking, best-sharp guy in the entire football stadium as your quarterback. You have to go ahead and try to make things happen. You had, If you did manage the clock better, you would have had a better and closer field goal, at least by another 10 to 15 yards. I give McManus credit. He attempted a 64-yarder, and he had enough leg. He just missed it left. He missed it, I buy, say, by a foot. That's it. Having said that, I still think it was a wrong call. You have to let Russ, who you put up a lot to get him, do his thing. It is what it is. You win with your best, you lose with your best. And your best bet and best play and player was Russell Wilson getting you closer, getting that fourth down. So, yes, you did make a mistake. We're going to go over the picks in just a little bit. But I definitely wanted to go over something that made a lot of headlines this week, and that is CeCe Sabathia's statement. Now, for those who don't know, CeCe Sabathia is a former Yankee. And one of the things they say, if you're a Yankee, you're always a Yankee. Well, that was the case up until my man C.C. Sabathia gave his opinion on who he thought was the MVP of this year. Judge is like my little brother. 
Shoei, well, basically Shoei Tani, is the best player to ever play baseball. He is the MVP. Uh, wrong. First of all, Shoei Tani is not the best player to ever play baseball. That is the biggest exaggeration I have ever heard. I don't even think he's – I think Shoei Tani is a very good player, but I think he's grossly overrated. He is basically a season bat there who is in shape and willing to go to the batting cage. It's more of a culture thing than anything else. A lot of the players here in the U.S. feel as if it's acceptable for you to pitch and then focus on you don't have to worry about going to the batting cage and working on your offense. That's a culture thing. Shoei Atani was not basically – he hits, he goes to the batting cage, takes a lot of pride in hitting, thus he hits really well. It's just a cultural thing. It's just an effort thing. CeCe Sabathia struggled throughout 90% of his career to, to be in very good physical shape in his career. And that a lot of times cost him a lot of wins. So Shoei Atani, to me, is not the best player to ever play this game. And it's not even close. I think that's such an exaggeration. He did get the MVP last year because he was the first year of the seed. This year, we know what to expect. You know, the guy can hit. He can pitch, and he can hit. Okay? We see this before. Eddie Pettit could actually hit really well. He doesn't have, you know, you just move it up a notch, you have Shoei Atani. And where it comes to the MVP, the <laughs> Angels, the, when you say most valuable player, right, what does it stand for? Most valuable player. And the middle word is valuable. If you look at it right now, at this point, the Angels are 32 and a half games out of first place. So, Shoei Otani really had nobody else out in the field that was in the realm of getting the MVP award. Yeah, I would probably vote for him because he hits a lot of home runs and he has a very good GPA. If there's nobody else doing anything that's stellar, by default, you would vote for him. Not in this year. To me, the clear-cut winner of the MVP in 2022 is Yankees Aaron Judge. And I don't think it's close, to be honest with you. The Yankees were struggling Prior to the All-Star break, they had a hot start, had trouble right as close to the All-Star break, and continued the trend of struggling after the All-Star break. I said it a, you know, a few weeks back that I could definitely see the Yankees losing their position and losing their lead in the AL East. Well, the lead got down to four games, and guess who bailed them out? Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge did his thing. He was uh, keeping the keeping the Yankees at float, and that's the reason why they are projected to go ahead and win the AL East. And it all has to do with Aaron Judge and his his contribution. I mean, that's what it comes down to. You know, that's what being the most valuable player is. You know, you're the one who has helped the team, and to me, not only did you help the team, you helped the team that was in a very, very tough position to stay afloat. So 
if there was nobody else in the realm of winning this award, yeah, Shoei would probably get it. But when you have somebody who is definitely having an outstanding year and doing things the way Aaron Judge is, to me, this is easy. And I'm really actually disappointed that CC Sebastian would publicly go out and say these things about somebody who's a fellow Yankee. Like, man, if he's your younger brother and you really look at him that way, why would you say that somebody else should get that award that he deserves? And even if you didn't feel that he didn't deserve it, you would still say, yeah, Aaron Judge is the, is the MVP in my book. You would actually do your little brother that way and say, hey, man, the other guy deserves the MVP. And not only does he deserve the MVP, he's the best player that ever played. Whoa, that's that's a bit much. That's a bit much. He is not the best player to ever play. He's a very good player, but I, and I'm not knocking that, but that is way off base that he's the best player to ever play this game. Better than Barry Bonds, better than King Griffey Jr. That's what you're basically saying. Better than Bay Roof, better than Yogi Berra. Nah, nah. Shoya Tiny is a very good player. He's definitely a, a definitely somebody different because of the fact that he takes so much pride in his hitting. Most players who are pitchers don't. Again, that's a cultural thing. That is not really something you I think you should take pride in what your hitting is. I think you should want to make you know, do great things at the, the you want to be an automatic out. You want to help your teammates out, lay down a bunt, get a base hit. Hey, if somebody throws you a fastball with a middle plate, because that's what happens with a lot of pitchers. They'll get a, you know, the pitcher will say, okay, I can go easier to this guy and get it out. I don't have to throw that hard. You'll get a really a good pitch. You'll get a great pitch to hit. So to me, I, I just think that that statement is ridiculous. You have Aaron Judge leading in the home run race. You have him leading the RBA, RBI race, slugging percentage, and he has a chance to get the silver slugger. I, I think it's really, it, to me, it's really not even that close, to be honest with you. I'll go through the list with you. Home runs, he's got 57. He's first. Aaron Judge, RBIs, 123, first. Runs, 116, first. War. 9.0, first, the first in the league, that is. On-base percentage, 414, first. Slugging percentage, 0.692, first. OPS, 209, first. Total bases, 352, first. And extra base hits, 80th, first. Your MVP for the 2023 season, as I mentioned, is the Yankees, Aaron Judge. And that's who is the MVP, not a made-up, best player in baseball, it is Aaron Judge. So, Aaron Judge, regardless of what happens, I'm going to give you a round of applause for what you've been doing this year. So, we're going to talk a little boxing now, and we're going to talk about pro boxers, you know, Pro boxers have been voicing their displeasure, Errol Spence in particular, about athletes from other sports, YouTubers, and celebrities go ahead and having these boxing matches. Should this 
to be no longer allowed? And does he have a point? Well, I would say, no, he doesn't have a point. Because all of these athletes from other sports, YouTubers, celebrities, guess what? They're bringing attention to boxing. They're bringing eyes to the sports. Obviously, they're interested and they have a passion for boxing. So they want to have bring these exhibition fights. Bring it on. You know, to me as a boxing fan and also somebody who covers boxing, I could see why the average fan looks to other places like Jake Paul looks to fights like Adrian Peterson versus Le'Veon Bell, which I'm going to talk about a little bit more detail in a few moments. I could see why boxing fans look at other ways when it comes to dealing with boxers. As I talk about being a, a professional with Michael Parsons start the show, I would say in the boxing arena that I've covered, I'd say maybe you get 25 to 30% of the boxers that are actually very professional. But outside of that, the majority, unfortunately, don't act professional. They don't keep their word. They don't kind of show up on time for events that are very important. They, you know, they want the money, but they don't want to actually be professional and business-like to get the money. So a lot of times with pro boxers, it's a dog and pony show. Hey, I want to fight you. You Okay, I agree to fight. Let's fight. Well, guess what? You find out two, three months down the road, negotiations fell apart, or you're going to fight someone else. This person's fighting that person when they should be fighting this person. This person wants to fight that person. And then when two guys agree to fight each other, still it goes, boof. It doesn't go into fruition. They don't fight. You do this dog and pony show all over again with the next boxer. It's just a charade. So, hey, somebody wants to see Le'Veon Bell versus Adrian Peterson to see two running backs for the NFL, two former running backs, see who's the best. Le'Veon Bell knocked out Adrian Peterson, and, you know, you don't play boxing. That's true. But, hey, you can't knock the hustle. If somebody else is willing to make a fight and you're willing to just play games on a fight, let somebody else, you know, go ahead and take advantage of the opportunity they want to make. You know, don't hate. You know, what are we supposed to do as a boxing fan, wait around for you? Here's a perfect example. You've been talking about fighting Crawford for the last three years. Now, this year, it sounds like you're serious enough that it might actually happen at the end of this year, but we will see. Again, I'm waiting for the, uh-oh, this happened moment. I'm waiting for that. Boxing community, boxers, get on page. Stop being unprofessional, and you'll have more people really be interested in covering the fights as well as promoting you. You see how Ali had always all this paparazzi you don't see that nearly as much now. Fortunately, it's because of a lack of professionalism when it comes to boxing. So, hey, should they no longer be allowed? I say let them go ahead and do their thing. The fight sanctioned. You have to do a physical. You get it approved. Go ahead and do your thing. So we have a fight this weekend, Canelo versus Triple G. And this is the third fight, the trilogy. Before I talk about the prediction of this fight, I will say, here's a perfect example. Canelo now said he will not, he will not fight another countryman. 
which means that anybody who's in your category, who's Mexican, who is really good, hit hit Benavid is a fight that we all want to see is off the table. Perfect example, a dog and pony show. Okay, brothers fight brothers all the time. What's the problem with fighting another Mexican? Hey, Mexico versus Mexico. Who's the best in Mexico? We want to know who's number one. You know, if you have a fight that you have two Mexicans, the entire country gets spotlighted. So, you know, what's the issue? Now you want to pick that you can't fight a Mexican? Come on, man. Give me a break. The real reason is you want to fight another guy who has the potential of beating you. That's what I'm talking about, playing games and boxing. Instead, you want to fight a guy who you fought already twice already, and he's in his 40s now. See, that's what I'm talking about. Most people did not want to see this fight, at least not now. They may have wanted, been okay with it seeing in the future, but they wanted to see Ben Benitez first, or you re, you go against Bivol to see Bivol to see if indeed you could beat him. You understand? Having said all that, I do think Canelo is going to win against Triple G. Main reason why is that if you want to beat Canelo, you have to go to the body. You can't just hit him in the face all day long. You have to go for the body. Watch that Caleb Plant try to do a sneak one, and you saw his reflexes. Your reflexes actually can be quicker when someone's trying to throw to your face than it can be to the body. You can't get your body out of the way as quickly as you can duck or bob your head. So I have Canelo winning this fight. And I definitely want to go ahead and give you our picks for this week. Let me do that now. I will give you my picks first, and then I will go into Aaron's picks. So let's take a look and hear our picks. Again, for disclosure, do not place bets on these picks. This is just for entertainment and fun, because if you lose money, we are not paying you back. So (laughs) we got some great picks, though. We should see what's going on. And let's talk about the Chiefs and Chargers, that Thursday night game, and then I'll go into the picks. Let me do that first. The Chargers had a very good opportunity to win in this game, and they actually should have won the game because they really did outplay the Chiefs. But I really knew as the game was going on and getting later and later, it was very apparent to me that the Chiefs were going to find a way to win this game. And the reason why is because the Chiefs, the Chargers did everything right. The Chargers did everything right with the one exception. That one exception is getting the ball in the end zone. They did not get the ball in the end zone. They kicked quite a few field goals. They didn't get that knockout blow. If you're going to beat Patrick Mahomes, you're going to have to beat him with not field goals, touchdowns, and you're going to have to give him like a knockout blow, meaning you're going to have to go at least two scores ahead of him because their their offense is explosive, their defense is explosive, so they can score either end of the ball. So after watching the game, the Chargers played well for about three quarters, and in the fourth quarter, they did not. 
I have Everett actually as my fantasy football, the tight end for the Chargers. He signaled, and that's one cool thing about Amazon Prime. You saw him signal to come out the game. He needed a break because they were running the no-huddle offense about four or five plays in. They threw a ball where he had a break on the inside. In, in Gerald Everett's defense, I do feel as if the ball was more to the defender than it would have been to Everett if he did make the break and was able to have fresh legs. So that was not one of – that's probably the worst throw that Herbert made the whole night because he threw it more to the inside, which made it which basically lined up perfect to the quarterback. Pick six. When he scored the pick six, I knew the game was over. I knew the Chiefs were going to win at home. So the Chiefs did win the game. I did choose the Chargers, so I got um, down 0-1. Aaron did choose. He did choose the Chiefs, so he got that right. So we have the Jets versus the Browns. I feel as if the Browns are found a little bit of a second win in him, so to speak. They're motivated. I actually did pick the Browns to beat the Jets. Aaron did have, as an upset pick, he has the Jets upsetting the Browns. So he has the Jets beating the Browns on an upset pick. So we do have a difference there. We have the Commanders versus the Lions. I actually have the Lions ending their losing streak of one game. I have the Lions winning. We do have a different opinion there, too. Aaron has Commanders winning against the Lions. So Aaron has Commanders. I have the Lions. The Bucks versus Saints. This is going to be a tough game for the Bucks. Let me just let you know that Chris Godwin is officially out. Leonard Fournette, as well as Mike Evans, is on the questionable look. So if you have those guys playing this weekend, Leonard Fournette or Mike Evans, you might want to check and recheck to see if they actually play. Having said that, the Saints are 4-0 against Tom Brady in the regular season. I know that this is, I'm 99.9% sure this is going to be Tom Brady's last year. I think he wants to get a win against the Saints in the regular season, and I feel that because it's Tom Brady, he's going to get it done. I have the Bucks beating the Saints, and so does Aaron. Aaron has the Bucks beating the Saints, too. They would go to the Panthers versus the Giants. Let me just take a look here. Yep. And in that pick here, both Aaron and myself both agree the Panthers are going to beat the Giants. I just feel as if the Panthers actually did play pretty good in the first game, but not good enough to win. But I think they're going to have better success against the Giants, and so does Aaron. So we both have the Panthers. Then we have the Patriots against the Steelers. And this is what we disagreed on. I have the Steelers beating the Patriots. I just feel as if now that you don't have Ben Roethlisberger, you have a new quarterback, I just feel as if the Steelers actually are starting to look like the Steelers of old. So I have the Steelers winning. I have them winning. And Aaron has, yep, he has the Patriots winning. So we have the Colts versus Jaguars. And this one here, we have a difference too. I have the Colts in a lock pick where I feel like they're going to win no matter what. 
So we have the Colts winning. It's what I have. And Aaron has the Jaguars actually getting their first win. So he has the Jaguars and an upset pick, upset pick two, winning against the Colts. Then we have the Dolphins versus the Ravens. I feel as Lamar Jackson indirectly is very motivated to win. He's going to be fighting a tough team in Miami with Tua, another mobile quarterback. But I just feel as if this is lined up for game and show his worth. I feel as if he's going to do it. So I have the Ravens beating the Dolphins. And Aaron has the Dolphins winning against the Ravens. So moving around along, we have the Falcons against the Rams. And we actually both agreed on this. We both predict the 49ers to win over the Seahawks. So I just think that Geno Smith has had a phenomenal first game. I find it hard to believe he would keep up that type of pace. And I just feel as if because he won't be able to keep up the pace, the 49ers have a great team. They're going to go ahead and win. Uh, the 49ers beating the Seahawks. And so does Aaron. He has 49ers too. We have the Bengals versus the Cowboys. Should be a very good game. Had Deck been playing and it was up to par, I probably would have given, you know, I would have just went on Lynn and said the Cowboys, but with no Dak in there and the strong as the Bengals have been, even with those turnovers, they barely lost the game. So I had the Bengals, the Cowboys, and so does Aaron. He has the Bengals beating Cowboys. Then we have the Texans versus the Broncos. What we did both agree on, we have the Broncos beating the Texans. We have the Cardinals versus the Raiders. And Aaron chose the Cardinals. I actually chose the Raiders. I feel as if the Raiders are a team that is going to mix up the defense for Kyler Murray and confuse him. I think he's a little bit Kyler Murray's behind the eight ball as far as you know, reading the playbook and understanding it well. So I have the Raiders winning. Bears versus the Packers. I have my first upset pick. I have that as a lock upset pick. The Bears will shock everybody and beat Aaron Rodgers and the and the Packers. And the reason why I feel this way is because the Packers have not gotten on page with their receivers. Very important. He has a young group of receivers and he's already called them out, Aaron Rodgers. So I feel as if this is, the Bears have a very good solid running game. I feel as if the Chad has, you know, every dog has his day. So I have the Bears winning. And Aaron, of course, being a Packers team, he has the Packers beating the Bills. So we have a difference on that. And the T- Tennessee Titans versus the Bills. And this is a lock pick for Aaron. He has the Bills being a powerhouse and winning. I actually do have the Bills, too. So I agree with him. Bills are going to be too much for the Titans. Even with Derrick Henry, I still feel that the Bills are going to win. They have the Vikings versus the Eagles. I have the Vikings actually winning this game. And Aaron has the Eagles. I just think the Vikings are actually, you know, becoming a, a team that's going to come into its own since they feel a little bit more comfortable. And I feel as if they're going to do what they need to do with Davin Cook to win the game. 
So I have the Eagles. I'm sorry, I have the Vikings winning. And Aaron has the Eagles winning. So Aaron has the Eagles winning. Those are the picks. But yes, and in connection and prediction, I did say Canelo is going to win. So we have that. Again, no bet on that pick as well. But it's just fun. But I do have Canelo winning the fight. And then what we have winning is you guys, fans, all of the people who are connected to the Alan Aaron Sportsman Career Show. I want to thank you guys for being awesome. In fact, the round of applause go out to you. And definitely, I got to thank my, our fantastic sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting. You may need a support group. Thank you so much, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, for being an amazing sponsor. Hell of a sponsor. That's awesome. And our contact information, if you're interested in sponsoring us, feel free to reach out to us on Facebook at Facebook, and that's Alan and Aaron. You can pull it right up. Please follow us on YouTube. Just type in my name, Alan, A-L-A-N. Last name is Alford, A-L-F-O-R-D. That's Alan Alford. And type that in the search bar on YouTube. You'll be able to pull the profile up and just click the subscribe button, like like the video too. You're going to get a lot of great content on the YouTube channel, so definitely check that out. A lot of great things that we don't actually put too much on on Facebook, but you'll see them there. So definitely check that out. Let me give you our show phone numbers so you have it in case. In the future, 516-418-5572. And it's 516 516- 418-5572. Keep an eye on our Facebook page, social media, because we have great content coming out. Don't want to spoil a surprise, but we have a lot of great things coming up on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Really appreciate you guys' support. Thank you for following us, liking us, and subscribing and commenting. Thank you for everything. Really appreciate you and hope you all have, before I let you go, a great weekend, but Definitely, since it is Suicide Prevention Month, there are a couple of great videos, and speaking of that, on our YouTube channel. So once you subscribe, you'll see two great mental health videos I recommend to anyone with it being Suicide Prevention Month. And we are going to make sure we do our part to provide so that you can understand you don't have to commit suicide. So definitely look out for that. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a great guest. And definitely thank you so much for all that you do for the Alan Aaron Sports the Greatest Show. This is Alan. You guys have a great weekend. Take care of yourself. Thank you for listening to the Alan Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. Subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.